0: Hello, welcome to LLG's Random But Real Podcast, where you'll hear conversations about any and all things random with an entree, not a side dish, of mental health advocacy. I use my performance, communication, and literary art skills to bring awareness about mental health and other topics. Therefore, whether I'm singing, speaking, or writing, it is my desire that my words will be melodic, just like music to your ears. Welcome to LLG. That's me, Lisa L. Gilliam's Random But Real podcast. Please note any comments made on this LLG Random But Real podcast by myself, Lisa One, singing Lady Gilliam, or my guests are our own views. They are not to be made or determined an actual professional or in lieu of an actual professional. If you relate to any of the topics, please seek professional help. Contact a therapist, a psychologist, any other mental health professional, or if it's an emergency, please call 911. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hello everybody and welcome to the third season of LLG's Random but Random but Real podcast. I'm excited to be back, but I'm more excited about being able to speak to my guest today. Um, I was just looking at uh, one of the social media pages, and it reminded me that it's been a year since we have done a podcast, and I marvel, and I'm so glad about what God has done this year. Please welcome my guest, Ashley Lockley.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure.
0: It's cool. It's been a day. So you all that don't know, we uh, pre-record the podcast, and today happened to be... um, a rainy day um actually a stormy day <laughs> and yeah. um everything that kind of happened happened but i got in you know just a, a little bit wet but i'm glad that i didn't blow away with the vehicle because everything was going out there so um it feels yeah. sunshine in my heart even though it's not outside <laughs> yeah Oh, so the views um, that we share are our own views um, this if you've never turned in before welcome and if you have you know that this um, is really a mental health advocacy platform um, however there even though I was a counselor um, for 20 years um, I may use you know some of the information that I learned but this is completely, um, my opinion and my guest's opinion I am not acting in the role of a counselor or a therapist on this show, just sharing information and ideas. So, but if you do need a referral, please definitely inbox me at One Singing Lady on all social media platforms, and um, I will definitely refer you. So, today we're talking about the promise. Yay. Ashley, would you yes. like to? <laughs> Well, I
1: about- um, <laughs> promise because the promise has been fulfilled and we are so so grateful um the last time I was as Lisa said was a year ago April of 2022 um we were about three months out of uh the loss of our our child um and very much processing um, all that had happened, and in a space where I didn't know what I wanted, was um, not feeling at liberty to really pray about it, um, to ask what I wanted, um, or to even you know say definitively yes, I would like to try again for another day or. No, I want to give myself some more time. So uh, April was really hard um, last year. And um, we, my husband and I celebrated our um, first anniversary in May of 2022. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I shared um, that we did like a get married thing wedding in August of 2021. So we, we originally got married on May 14th of 2021. Um, and so we celebrated our first anniversary, um, and, you know, it went through our first year, you know, it was, it was cause for celebration. And I guess we really did celebrate. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> um, my doctoral program and every semester I have to travel to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania uh, to do a one week um, and while I was up for my residency in the summer of last year um, in June of last year that's when I found out I was taken and mm-hmm. I was just I didn't, I didn't really know what to do with my feelings. I was, but I, if I'm to be completely honest, I was just very scared. Um, we, we uh, pretty early in the pregnancy, um, we were just rounding out the first trimester. And so um, for this pregnancy, the first trimester was really, really, um, for me, anxiety inducing. Um i really i got back from philadelphia and told um, my husband and we went and got it this time we didn't tell anybody um and so after we felt like we were a little bit um out of the woods um uh even our parents like we we told them like when we first first and this time we waited a little bit. Um, and I think that that's, a, that's what we would call a trauma response, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something something bad happened the last time, and I don't know what's going to happen this time. So I adjust my behavior according to case um, right. that same thing happens again. And so um, I was turning 35 last summer. And um, I wanted to do something, because 35 is kind of like a you know, mm-hmm. year. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to, to travel. And <laughs> I remember ring me like, well, where are you trying to go? You know, like <laughs> we both were very, you know, oh, we got to kind of. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so we settled on me going to ocean city cuz it wasn't too too far um if it happens, he would be able to easily get to me and you know and and so that first trimester in addition to um at my energy far more than the first pregnancy did um i think the first pregnancy i didn't really feel the drain but this pregnancy i really couldn't i could hardly keep my eyes open <laughs> Trimester. so even I think if I wanted to be a little bit more active, it just wasn't going to happen because I was going to be somewhere sleep, um, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> and so um, we at the ten week appointment we were able to confirm that you know there was a viable heartbeat and all of that. You now, if you go back and listen to um, the the previous. Um, episodes that we weren't even at that point with Neely Um, and I you know when when people get pregnant um, they don't even see you uh, a prenatal appointment until you're 10 to 12 weeks Um, and that's for a number of reasons Um, you know us who may be high risk for one reason or another, that can be pretty uh, anxiety-inducing. So they will see you a little bit earlier um, than that 10 to 12 weeks. Um, But, you know, if you're at 10 to 12 weeks, you're rounding out your first trimester. Um, And so um, at, I think we were nine weeks when they you know, come in, do the first sonogram and all that. Um, and when everything looked good then, it was like, whew. But wait, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't gotten to the point yet where in the pregnancy where we lost knee, you know? So mm-hmm. when we got around the eleven, twelve week period, it was like, I can breathe a little bit better, you know? Right. And that was right after my birth. Like, please God, give me, I just need a little bit of a break. Not going to bother you too too much if you can just, you know, on your dear servant. Because (laughs) I can't answer. Um, Do you
0: remember how you told me, Ashley? I do. Oh, where we at? I was first watch. No, I had to move. I was moving, and no, that was the other and she and she's the type of person that she will try to help even when she don't need to or whatever and so she was just like you know I would love to help her I, I can um you could you know take my car but I can't move anything because <laughs> and I think I I don't know if I screamed but I was just so happy <laughs> um, because I know you know I can't I've been uh, with her through this struggle but maybe not like with her because they did you know both times you know choose who they um decided to tell and when they decided to tell and i know that anytime um, ashley is apprehensive or slow to like speak so to speak uh, <laughs> uh pun intended <laughs> that um is for a reason and so i don't know she's probably the only person probably in my life that gets a pass for <laughs> telling me information <laughs> from jump but um i just i know that you know, I know the struggle, I know not personally, but just through her experience. And when you care or love someone and you know that they want something, um, so badly, like I really was like, believing God with them that this was going to take place. And I know that that doesn't happen with everybody. And so, um, Absolutely. you know, what would you say to someone who was in you all's position and just really doesn't, doesn't have the words to, like you said, you didn't, you know, not really wanting to pray, not that you lost your, your faith in God, but just, you know, that, that broken place. What would you say to someone who's been there? Or is
1: there? Right. I think it's important to process, and I, we say that a lot, but it is painful to process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I had to be okay with some days I was just not going to be fine. Some right. days... I'm going to be screaming at the sky literally screaming at the top of my lungs. Um I remember um the first first menstrual cycle post um pregnancy loss. I I um because the last time I saw that amount of blood, I was losing my baby. Mm-hmm. Um it is, you know, you go to the, you go to the bathroom and you just like, you know, things that just were very mundane can be just very triggering. And if you're not in a place, you're able to look the pain in the eye and say, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going I have to contend with this so that I can really get to a place where I'm okay. And when I say I mean that it erases the pain, it doesn't mean right. that it, Um, you know, you're at a point where you can say, oh, you know, I, that we're we're moving on, you know?
0: No, right. but that's, can I just interject? The uh, moving on and sure. moving forward. I just shared that yeah. with someone who was sharing me and I learned that in Grief Share, Moving forward is is still moving forward with the process with that person in mind that you lost. Moving on is like forgetting about it, just like uh, you know, trying to get it out your head or whatever. And I think that that's part of the process. And and most of us try to move on and don't really try to move forward. So I just wanted to right. Okay, (laughs) continue.
1: Absolutely, and I think we because generally speaking, we are not really comfortable with grief. Um. Mm -hmm. You know, people aren't really to legitimately grieve. Um, and we put people on these um, very art timelines, and we're expecting them to kind of snap back to a former version of themselves. When you lose loss, grief and loss, you emerge a different person, a different iteration of who you are. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of your world, but Mm -hmm. it does require that you have people around you that understand that you're forever marked. Um, Right. And it's, I think, harder for people to do that um, with parents' laws, specifically you know, when it was earlier on in the pregnancy and you hadn't started to see the person, you know, grow or, you know, like we we lost Neely in the first trimester when we hadn't even started sharing why pregnant. And so it, <clears throat> it's especially hard, you know, for that because people are just like, well, you you know get get, get uh-huh. to practicing and it's like no I literally lost a part of myself right um and I did that I lost a part of myself in my house you know yeah. I have to be in this space day in and day out and my bathroom and I'm like I don't know you know yeah. and that is just the reality and it's human it's to be in that space um, but I do believe that um, when we when we talk about, we really have to allow ourselves to be acquainted um, with with our grief, um, and that we sit in one space and you know are comfortable with just like there. But mm-hmm. if we don't allow ourselves to process, we'll never be able to get where we can experience some sort of fullness of joy, right? Um, my um, was as great as it was, even through the anxiety of it, um, process, I had taken the time to process the loss of Neely. Mm-hmm. And also and if other people didn't um look at it this way, I, me, and Frank, we know that Judah baby, um, now he is not a replacement for Neely, right? right? He he is not because you you've had Judah now, Neely never existed. No, Neely was a child, you know uh he or she was our child um right. and um my body has experienced fancies, even if I have one living child right. right so um there are a lot of nuances in the ways in which we 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 operate when it comes to things like this, but I would say you know just Uh, Thank God that I had, you know, access to things like counseling and a person who I have no problem with taking medication if I need it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know we haven't gotten to this part of the story. I had terrible, terrible postpartum anxiety and depression after Judah was born. And I had to get on some medication to help me. Because I didn't want to get to a point where I did anything to harm myself or my baby. Right. 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 And so these really don't talk about specifically in faith communities because it's like, well, you know, you should just trust God that you know he'll take care of you. What you yeah, is allowing you to be able to utilize resources?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so. I, don't, I don't know why we don't want to focus on that. Or you know, or don't think that's important, and I, I do believe that God created therapists and psychologists and social workers, just helping professionals and psychiatrists, which you know specifically deal with the medication aspect of um, mental health. I would say there's in a, a nutshell um, for a reason, and that it's okay if that's what you need um, to actually take the medications. It's okay to have talk therapy if that's what you need. I just think it's important to get the help. And I have, I've spoken to several people. I hope some of them listen today um, who may not have experienced, you know, pregnancy loss, but they've experienced loss or they're struggling and they won't even seek any type of help and expect for things to change. And I just don't think that that's smart, but (laughs) you know, who am I? Just been in the field for 20 years plus, but I, I think that it's commendable that you are willing to, You know, put your money where your mouth is, you know, Um, for those who don't know, uh, Ashley is studying to get her doctorate. Um, She said a little bit earlier, um, you know, in a therapeutic field. And so and you can specify that if you want to, Ashley. Um, But a lot of us that have worked in the field sometimes don't do right by Mm -hmm. what it is that, you know, we say um, Mm -hmm. or we share with other people and their needs. So. Yeah. think it's a good thing to um,
1: do yeah so I'm I'm currently getting my docs uh my PhD in therapy um so very very much apropos for this subject right um because mm-hmm. ref- you know grief and loss is very rarely um, something that just affects an individual it does extend um network So whether that's their family, whether it's, you know, co-workers at work, whether it's, you know, when people experience grief and loss, it not just impacts them, it impacts the people around them. And so we we do have to, I think, um, evolve our understanding of grief and loss to a place where it really allows for... Um, the people that are intending to who are in the thick of grief and loss to really understand how to operate in such a way that <clears throat> they helping in the healing process and not doing unintentional harm, further harm to them. Yeah. And I, I know that that is something that, you know, is near and dear to you lisa you know we talk about this a lot people really don't know how to exist with
0: other people's grief right Uh, or they don't want to either one yeah (laughs) Yeah. because it's hard it's hard to see somebody that you love or say that you love and watch them you know in a sense crumble at least for the time being until the help is received you know I, Mm -hmm. i think that that's a difficult um a difficult thing definitely um yes. i just happened to look why when you were saying that i was i was curious just how many marriages or you know i guess relationships end after um pregnancy loss and they said married or cohabitating couples who had a miscarriage were 22 percent more likely to break up as opposed to couples who had a healthy baby at term for couples who had a stillbirth, this number was even higher with 40% of couples ultimately ending their relationship. And this is just um, on Healthline and it's a, it's um, talking about um, pregnancy and miscarriage and uh, lost pregnancies and lost loves, how miscarriage impacts your relationship. And I know other people, other friends who have lost their child. I know one who was actually stillbirth and, you know, as well. And um, I can't imagine either situation um you know either having to to basically abort the baby because or not allow the baby to come to full term because they had already died you know in a sense as you shared in the other podcast um or just they are born went through the whole process and then they're not crying when they come out of your womb they're you know still born like either way has to be extremely difficult. I mean, just from what I've heard, the loss of a child, a parent living past a child anyway, in any situation is difficult, but I think that we do have to be willing to have these conversations so that people understand, like you said, Neely was still a child. It was still, it was still a a baby. It was still, you know, um, a person that was going to be born that just didn't unfortunately make it to term on this side of the earth and that the parents you and frank um and then all those who are associated and love you you know are also grieving loss too and not just move on like it didn't happen because it did and um Mm -hmm. as you know grief has ebbs and flows and i think that's all grief and so there may be times moving forward where you know the triggers of something um causes that but just you know, I know that you're loved. I know you're surrounded by people who care about you and that will be there. And again, I just want to encourage you not to, you or anyone listening who's gone through that or goes through this, even after the fact that you're not alone, you don't have to be alone. There is help available and support available if you want it. And hopefully, you know, those that are listening do. Absolutely.
1: That is definitely, um, that's definitely my hope. Um, you know, Frank and I uh I, I I'm so grateful because, you know, through our process it was an original point where we just kind of we were grieving our own ways and it was hard for us to see each other see each other. And I'm be honest, it was more it was harder for me to see him than it was for him to see me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: sometimes you know as the person who carries the child you it's it's easy to or it's easy to underestimate your partner your husband's uh, grief as because it didn't happen in their physical body right um, and it's not that I assume that Frank wasn't but mm-hmm. I am the cry, scream, you know, lay in the bed, the sometimes burrow my head down and just keep going. Um, mm-hmm. And in the aftermath of the miscarriage, I interpreted that as him being just very, it, it's not that I didn't feel feeling anything, but it's almost like I wanted him to scream with me mm-hmm. um, and not where he was um, wow. and that's not how he was processing um, and as someone who has experienced a lot of loss in his life, you know, he has learned how to, to deal with certain things, you know, things like death a certain way that has worked for him and he was trying it and trying to be there for me and I didn't I don't think I could because I was just in the thick of my own grief my personal right. grief um and so I could see how if two people are not strong communicators or you know one person looking at their grief one way or processing their grief another way and the other person is processing totally different and neither one of them can say oh let me try to see where the other partner is coming from I can see Mm -hmm. how that could put an enormous on a marriage and even lead to it's dissolution. it is incredibly incredibly I mean it's difficult. I remember after my, I ended up having to have a, a DNC um, because my body did not completely um, uh, complete the miscarriage on its own. Um, and ha- it had been uh, since the, the miscarriage process had started. And um, the doctor said, you know, if your body doesn't pass this, uh soon you know we're getting in point where it can get dangerous um because your body can um you you're more prone for infection and things like that and so we made the decision to do the dnc um and that that weekend um i just we had we had been whole pretty much of January of last year grieving because I had been miscarrying since December of 2021. And I guess I had just hit a wall that after the DNC um, and didn't tell Frank where I was going. I just left. Um, and I just needed to like drive and clear my head and I scared him. He started calling my parents. He called my friends, and I was at Target. You know, I we my friends look back and we're, it's a joke now, but it wasn't funny then, right? Because I was in such a headspace where I just wanted to just go, and he knew that I was grieving. But we we hadn't been able to communicate since the DNC, and at that point it had only been two. But that wasn't our norm, you know. From from the beginning of our relationship, we communicate, you know, and that is a strong point for us, and I'm I'm grateful. But after the procedure, I I shut, and in me shutting down and isolating myself it allowed for of these feelings of being alone to kind of grow and fester Mm -hmm. i was like you know he don't care i'm just go i'm walk out um and you know when he called out i didn't answer my phone it really alarmed him and then of course it alarmed quite a bit of my circle. Um <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and so and it's like my friend, I was wondering when my friend was like texting me. She just kept texting me and I was just like, okay, oh, like, where are you at? I'm like, I'm at Target. And she was like, Don't you think you need to call Frank? <laughs> Let him know. I'm like, For what? You know, in in my head, again, I'm so in my cocoon of grief. I'm I think that this this is this is having an impact and everyone was scared because they knew that's right what they were going through um, yeah. and also because I've been very open about my past about mm-hmm. dealing with chronic right chronic suicidal ideation, they didn't know what happened right and so, you know, in hindsight, you know, obviously I was not in a space where I could be really thinking clearly, right? And that 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 makes sense, right? Because grief overwhelms you. It it really can overwhelm you. It it really, and it really exacerbates all of the negative emotions. Those senses of I'm by myself, nobody cares. Um, it, it it really brings all things to the surface so that they are kind of like those predominant thoughts, um, those predominant feelings. Um, and so, you know, long story short, I got home, we were able to talk through it, and that helped us kind of get over this little bit rough, um, kind of happening rough plateau. Um, but You know, I just think if we didn't have a foundation where we could get back to the heart of communicating with each other,
0: right? It would have been incredible.
1: I'm sorry.
0: No, I was saying a big takeaway for that to me is that it, even in the process of grief, it doesn't replace communication. (laughs) Like, you still have to communicate. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly to say that it isn't hard to do so it right. is incredibly hard to do so it mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. impossible to do so right, right. but if even to talk if about... you're not right right <laughs> but even if you're not in a space where you can just like where it's just you know like i just need i'm trying to process i just right. need i just need a few minutes right and yeah, that's
0: absolutely to do
1: because I was yeah. used to just shutting
0: down and shutting out. yeah, yeah. Right? I think that that's also yeah. important because because it wasn't just you it's it's both of you in this like yeah. so if you if it were you and maybe even if you were a single person and the father wasn't in the picture or you know maybe it might be a little bit more understandable but it's not and you know I'm a huge proponent of communication like I don't like to be ghosted rejected not told whatever it is that that's going on and I also don't want to be the only person trying to fight to figure out how I can help or how I can be there for a person, whether it's a friend, significant other, whatever. And so I think um, I always say communication is key. And even at the bare minimum, it's like, like you just said, I'm trying to process. It was just say like, right now I don't have the words to say, but when I do, I will definitely speak to you. You know what I mean? But right. definitely checking in, making sure. You know your significant other knows what's going on um you know with you in that moment just i don't care if it's a note hey i'm going to target <laughs> you know what i'm saying right. but something right. so that they're not afraid to um but i think that's really important
1: yeah 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 and and again you know when you're in your in the grief you don't always realize how it impacts others Right. Right. And, it, right. and, you know, can be tempted to believe that they aren't grieving. Mm-hmm. You know, like I it think, didn't happen to yeah. y'all. It happened. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> it was my body, right. you know. And no, my husband lost a child too. My parents, Absolutely. his mother, lost a grandchild as well. Right. right. And so right. their grief doesn't happen my grief in order to be real. Right. Absolutely. But it's hard for you to be able to process that in that moment. You know what I mean? I can look back now and say all these beautiful gems of wisdom. But in January 2022, I didn't give us <laughs> nothing about right. anybody else but myself. Right. right. But I yeah. but all I needed the space to not care about anybody else either. Yeah,
0: I get that. It was,
1: it was, necess- it, that was necessary. Right. And especially, I think, because I'm a person who I do, I care a lot about other people and through and how they're processing, even sometimes to my own detriment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, having, even that small window where, I really didn't focus on everybody else. I focused on myself now. Absolutely. But I needed, I needed a moment where I could just, this is about me. me. This right. is about me. Right. Mm-hmm. It's okay for it to be about me. That doesn't make me selfish if I say I am grieving. And right. I this time to be able to acknowledge that I am grieving. And not worry about other people, right? And so, you know, how we live our day to day lives really does come into like hyper focus when we're in, in in um, you know, something that causes grief. Um, and it does, you know, it it does it a lot of weight and stress on our general kind of functioning our relationships right and so if we're not in a healthy if we're not generally kind of in a space somewhat healthy right or we don't have things in place that allow us to have good process in place um generally speaking when something um like grief and um, it can really, really put a lot of stress on not just ourselves around us. Right. Um, so, yeah.
0: yeah, I agree. Um, I appreciate you being willing to share. You know your story, um, your stories. We've we had a lot of podcasts and lives together over the year. Um, Years, I should say. And, uh, you know, everybody is not as open. There's, you know, sometimes there's some fear in how people are going to receive the information. But if there was one last thing that you would like to share with people um, that you've learned from, uh, you know, from the journey of pregnancy loss to fulfilling God, fulfilling the promise, what would you like to leave with the people?
1: Mm. Uh, probably a lot of things Uh,
0: (laughs) I think it can be more than one if you want that's
1: fine (laughs) no I mean I I think thing that um, I would say is when you're able to see the promise coming don't be afraid to allow yourself to live in joy Mm -hmm. Um, it was extremely difficult for me to um, um, be able to enjoy my pregnancy with Judah Um, at every turn I was feeling very um, very anxious and I'm going to be honest in my head I was just like is God going to am I going to lose this baby? Yeah. You know, yeah, um, exactly. and, you know, if I had that anxiety, um, you know, fully, I really would not have been able to enjoy the beautiful pregnancy I had with Judah. Yes. I mean, so you know, I, it it was not without its challenges, but overall, it was beautiful. Um, you know, even his delivery, which was interesting. Um, but, I mean, the joy that's on the other side, and on the other side, looking at my baby and his beautiful chocolate face every day, and a day in and a day joy supersedes the pain most days, you know? <laughs> um, and when I'm really able to, how to fully live in the joy, I'm. I just. I marvel at it. And again, this is not. I have days where the anxiety overtakes me. Oh, it gets terrible. I just told you all that. You know, I've been taking anxiety meds because it it got really bad postpartum. Um, but I have been more intentional about taking care of my body and my health. And so, doing that, taking my meds, staying prayed up, but really just loving this 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 journey that I'm on currently. And he'll be three months at the end, and I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful. Yay! He's so cute,
0: y'all. <laughs> Yes, he has cheeks like teeth. me, even though we're not related. But I have to do some claiming in there somewhere. He has like the cutest little cheeks. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, uh, would you like to leave your contact information so if anybody wants to reach out to you, they can do so? Sure, sure.
1: Um, I'm on Instagram at ashlockley. I'm also on Instagram at mastering mind matters. I'm going to be honest, uh, I have not done the best of <laughs> keeping my mass, uh, social media presence in the past year because I've been, I've been busy <laughs> forming right. a life and um, being very intentional with these first couple of months that that we've had with Judah. So um, May next month, I'm Work. I'm jumping back into school. Um, I'm slowly jumping back into Mastering my Matters. So if you go to my Instagram page and say, Well, she ain't posted in a couple months, you know what's going on. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> that that, that's what's awesome. happening there. Yes. But for you to reach out to me. Um, you can email me at Mastering Mind at gmail.com or you can visit our website, org. Thank you so
0: much, Lisa, for allowing me to come back. You are welcome. I'm sure this will not be the last. Um, And for those who would like to reach out to me, at One Singing Lady, and that's the number one, um, Singing Lady. And um, that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, I have been reducing some of my social media pages um, just as I do more speaking um, for the book that I co-wrote with Tracy, twenty one days. That's been, you know, taking up a lot of my time, but I'm still singing and always, you know, you.
1: Go, get <laughs> <It's>, um,
0: <laughs> go get
1: it,
0: go get it. And as she's an author too, so um, she does a lot of things, y'all. I don't know where she finds the time, but I have to remember that, you know, she got me. Like I have her about almost twenty years. It's not completely twenty yet, but it's close to it. And I used to have energy like that when I was in my thirties. And now not so much, but I'm trying. I'm plugging along. It's, it's a, you know, little train going up the track. We're getting up the hill, but hey, but it's all good. But um, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, so if you you know are interested, um, and also being a part of the podcast because I'm looking for um, people. actually does the flyer for the podcast too, y'all. Tells me she does a lot of things, and we're still part of stigma breakers. We haven't really done anything, but we are breaking stigmas like individually. But Definitely. um, you know, but we haven't been able to do any collective stuff, you know, lately. Um, this year, my birthday actually falls, or my birthday weekend falls on the weekend that we do mental health and ministry. We're not doing that this year either. Not sure what the the upcoming uh, years will bring for stigma breakers, but, um, you can get our product on, on both of our websites. We have shirts and cups and mugs and hats and all that type of stuff. Um, so, you know, we would love your support. That means a lot to us. And even if you can't support us financially, if you would just, you know, tag a friend in your post, um, we appreciate that. So thank you so much for joining us, uh, um, today. Thank you, Ashley, for always being willing to be on, um, I think I asked, I don't even know what I asked you, but I was like, Ugh. so I had to wait till everything was settled. I was like, can you do, <laughs> can we talk about the promise on this show and to make sure she wouldn't, you know, bite my head off and make sure it was enough time. And she was like, sure. So we have been planning this in the works and I just knew that it was going to happen. I knew she was going to have the promise. Um, which was her baby to to talk about so i'm just grateful thank you god for what you did and for those who are still struggling from pregnancy loss. my prayer is that god would just comfort your hearts and your minds and that you know that there are people praying for you um and and um yeah just just know that just know that um i know uh, one thing i know we like really at the end we have 45 minutes but was there ever just a one scripture that um ever minister to you that we can close out with to the people
1: um my my favorite scripture is jude 24 um, now unto him who is able to you from falling and present you faultless before the throne of grace with exceeding joy um and i cling to the exceeding part um mm-hmm. i truly truly know that god is a keeper and I believe that this past year did that for me. And so that is the scripture I keep going back to and I anchor um, myself really um, using that scripture.
0: That sounds good. I think Judah agrees. I hear him in the background. Yeah, so. you hear Judah, so you can hear I the do. promise. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again. This has been... Um, the first episode of season three of LLG's Random but Real. Stay tuned for more. One Singing Lady out.
1: Bye.
0: <laughs> bye bye.